Others do social media well, we do better. From Michael Hotard, I'm Danny Hillman. This is the Do Better Podcast where we talk about everything from marketing to mindset. And Mike, I want to talk, I guess today's episode is going to be more mindset-based because we had a pretty cool conversation as we were grabbing lunch today. Uh, basically about, you know, don't don't just write people off for how they come across. Don't put people in that, I think you said it, don't put them into the box. Right. Right? Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that because I think it holds true not just in business but in life. You Absolutely. know, and, and uh, relationships, friendships, all, all the above. So why don't you give the listeners a little bit of just a background of what we were talking about. So Danny, Danny and I, you know, being sports fans we are, we're, we were grabbing lunch and we're, we're talking about sports and we're talking about some of the sports writers – and Danny asked the question in a sense of if you've never played the sport, do you really have an opinion that can hold water, no. essentially? And obviously neither of us have have played professional sports. Um, that kind of goes without saying. But I hear this a lot in not just sports but overall in life and – when people try to discredit an opinion mm-hmm. because someone doesn't have the the expertise at least behind their name for it, it doesn't make them wrong in their opinion. Right. Um, and just to kind of give you an example so this doesn't sound like a, a cluster of mess here. So, for example, let's start with sports. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch a basketball game or a football game, baseball, whatever it may be. Um, even though I don't watch baseball because, well, baseball sucks. sucks, But, um, no, you know, uh, a sport that Danny and I both love and we both play in a rec league is basketball. Mm -hmm. I can watch a basketball game and whether it be a professional, college, just your rec league, Mm -hmm. figure out who's a good player, who's not. If you know even an inkling about the sport, you can figure that out pretty quickly. Right. Um, but... You hear this all the time in life where, oh, well, how do you know anything about it? You've never played. Or how do you know anything about this? You've never done it. One of the biggest areas you hear this is in parenting Mm -hmm. as well as business. Wait till you have one of your own. Right. Like I can't tell you how many times I heard the wait till you have one of your own. And I hate, hated, hated, hated that. As someone who is a non-parent. Mm-hmm. Now that I am a parent, I have a one-and-a-half-year-old. I still don't have all the answers. I'm never going to have all the answers. That comes with the territory of being a parent. It's right. an ever-evolving door. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just – I don't like when people come off in a sense of authority. Well, I have this. I know more than you. You may not. And that's yeah. kind of what we're talking about when we say – don't put people in a box because of a title or a lack thereof. Well, that's it. Title doesn't equal talent. You know what I mean? And just because you have the title doesn't mean that you're adequate at what you do. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to bet that everyone listening at one point or another has had a boss that just probably is a little unqualified in our eyes. You wonder how did that guy or girl get the job? And... You don't respect the title, but you always respect the talent, right? So that's kind of what we stumbled into on our lunch conversation was, hey, the title really is that metaphorical box that we're talking about. Uh, 
you know, for instance, you had mentioned too. Well, yeah, that kind of applies to us if you think about it. Because, I mean, you don't have a marketing degree. I don't. Uh, but we probably have more marketing experience than most with the degrees. And that kind of struck me because it's like, well, yeah, that's true. I mean, truthfully, it you can't replace experience, right? Um, and now the title went from, you know, all right, Danny Hillman degree in marketing. No, that doesn't exist. But Danny Hillman, owner of a marketing company, that that's actually real. And well, why is that? Well, because for years I was implementing these steps. Saw Mike, you know, going parallel with it. Um, and when it was time to bring someone on, I got in your ear and, you know, tried to show you like, hey, listen, you don't need the, the title. I don't care about the resume. I care about the experience. I care about the production, right? Now that's just work related, but if we're talking like relationship wise or, or, you know, you mentioned the parenting. Well, let me use me for an example. Okay. Uh, I don't have a quote unquote biological child of my own, uh, but my girlfriend has a, a six year old. It's been in her life since she was three. If she acts up, I try to do what's best for her, Right. Am I not allowed to tell her to use her manners because I don't have a kid of my own? No, that's a good example of the title just isn't there. Because truthfully, my title's Mr. Danny. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not daddy, I'm not father, I'm I'm Mr. Danny, right? Um, so that's another one that drives me nuts and, and I'm in the same boat as you were because I don't have a child of my own, right? Um the other one that I can't stand is the kind of like the generational you weren't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, eh, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, why? And more importantly, what gives you the qualifications to know what you're talking about? And that's something more you get in that social networking setting, you know? Um, eh, you don't know what you're talking about. Why? Because I've I've done it. The experience is there. I just don't have the. You're you're putting me in a box that doesn't apply. Yeah. Right. Um. So that's that's really what kind of struck me about the conversation today is. You know it it makes a lot of sense. You we tend to I think people overall. Tend to sort and file away people based on their. Their titles. Yeah. And I'm I'm a big proponent of the marketplace of ideas. You know, I'm a big proponent of free speech. And I'll always give someone the time of day or the recognition to at least make their voice heard, whatever I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, you know, the second someone starts talking or you start kind of letting someone either win you over or turn you off, essentially... Mm -hmm. You'll be able to filter out essentially who's full of shit and who's not. And, you know, when it comes to pigeonholing people, basically, if you put someone in that box and just say, like, for example, with us 
running a marketing company, if someone comes up to me and wants to talk to me about marketing, yeah. I'm all ears. I'm not going to ask them their background, but I'll know if they're giving me information that's valuable or not valuable. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not, that doesn't mean it's not a value to someone else. Yeah. So I'm not going to just sit there and, you know, paint someone like, let's say Joe Blow, who is um, a sales associate at Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. But maybe what I don't know about Joe Blow, the sales associate from Foot Locker, is side hustling and making an extra ten grand a year by helping out a buddy or someone with their social media account, or maybe he's doing it through his own social media account. You never know. And maybe he doesn't have that that fancy title behind his name of, you know, Joe Blow, graduate of Yale University with a degree in marketing. Yeah. That doesn't mean he doesn't know how to do marketing. Yeah. And again, that applies with everything in life. Now, of course, there are exceptions to the rule. You have doctors, mm-hmm. lawyers, um, different different job titles like that where, yeah, you're going to need the title just because if you try to break into that field without said title, yeah. it's not going to happen. Well, if, if I need a heart operation, I do want someone that actually went through and uh, has shown proof. And I guess that's what a title is, is proof that you've learned it, but not necessarily applied it. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Um, so that's because it's, it's it's tough for me because you know I have the entrepreneurial bug right um, we have the real estate in, investing company and then we have this uh, I I didn't go to school for either right it was applied over life um, and that's kind of what steered me in this direction you you were a manager of a gym before this right but what qualified you? And what attracted me to having you come aboard here is so much of what you did there aligned with this. Just because you didn't have the title of marketer or digital strategist or graphic, what, it didn't Whatever care. fancy, hey, fancy title. Hey, did you produce results? Yes. How, how well? If that happens, then that's what should happen. But I think people never allow that opportunity to come because they just title and that's it. You know, it's that don't judge a book by its cover. What's on the cover of a book, the title, (laughs) like it's a pretty cool metaphor, you know? Um, so how do you kind of break away from that? And more importantly, maybe it's holding people back because they're like, well, I really want to do this. This is what I'm passionate about. But I didn't go to school for it. Okay. So you're you're telling me a piece of paper, nice little degree, is enough to stop you from what you're passionate about. Doesn't mean doesn't sound like you're very passionate, at least about that. Right? So how does someone kind of break away and realize that, hey, at the end of the day, a title is something that is earned. You know, you either earn it through your traditional two, four seven years of school, or you do it in life experience, right? Work experience. So what would you say? How does someone branch out? And like, what made you do that? Because you were, you worked at a 
a gym for years. Yeah, four years uh, managing an anytime fitness and my degree's in journalism. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I cut my teeth in journalism uh, right out of school and got fired within the first year of working there. It was six or seven months before they let me go. Well, I started looking for jobs and being in the New Orleans area, in journalism, there's not very many. Mm-hmm. Well, I get uh, an interview with uh, a smaller weekly publication, which uh, will remain nameless for all intents and purposes. But I get the interview with them, but at the same time, I'm interviewing with Anytime Fitness, who our mutual friend Andrew. That's how I found out about oh. that and hit him up and was like, hey, man, look, I'm out of work. Mm-hmm. I need a job because, well, I got a wedding coming up. I'd also like to start building some income. Mm-hmm. Tired of sitting on my on my ass all day, and that last it was about a month in between. Actually, I started my my job with the gym exactly a month to date after I was fired. Well, in the meantime, I was interviewing with another weekly publication, so I had an opportunity to go back to journalism. However, I didn't take it. Um, I had just hit such a low point that I just had no desire to go back to it. I was doing basically an audition Mm -hmm. to see how I did with them. So I wrote two stories and writing those two stories, I just didn't enjoy it. You know, the people I talked to, one was, uh, you know, a 106 year old woman who we were running, they wanted to run a feature on. They were like, here, go interview this person, write a story. And I enjoyed talking to her. I mean, she's 106. She's got a lot of stories to tell. Well, and once I started translating it to the paper, so to speak, and started typing it out, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, God, I really just don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. So again, I was interviewing with the gym at the same time as well. And um, they offered me the job. And after talking to several people, I was like, I'm just, I'm at a loss. Like several friends of mine were like, well, dude. I got a degree in this. I'm doing this now. And I heard this from three or four close friends. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, well, cool. There's my way out. Let mm-hmm. me try this out. And then yeah. here I am. So it's just about taking risks, figuring out what you want. And, you know, people are going to put you in a box. That's There's no way around that. There's never going to be a time in your life where someone somewhere isn't pigeonholing you. Mm-hmm. And, you know doing what they can or saying what they can to hold you back, but don't do it to yourself, you know? Don't mm-hmm. believe that. Don't believe if someone tells you, oh, well, you got a degree in this, go do, you should be doing that. No, don't try this new thing. No, go for it, man, you know? Yeah. If um, if you keep putting yourself or pigeonholing yourself, you're never going to grow. Yeah. You're never going to find out what's out there. You're never going to find out what makes you tick. Like, you know, for... From the time I was 14, 15 years old, I wanted to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was 23, I figured out how much I hated it once I broke yeah. into the workforce. Unfortunately, you know, I spent four years earning a degree in it. But, you know, mm-hmm. like you talked about, it's it's a piece of paper, essentially, to say you did it. Yeah. And the the weight of a degree, that's another conversation in and of itself, but it's not it doesn't hold the same weight that it did in nineteen seventy because everyone's getting degrees now. Yeah. No, I mean it, it makes it makes sense. So what what uh what box are you 
do you think you're pigeonholed into now? Ooh. Um, I'm not, I don't know how to answer it. And I think because of what I just said about not pigeonholing myself, I'm just not sure. And I don't talk to enough people who are going to sit there and pigeonhole me. I mean, the biggest one that I can think of for the longest time, and this is just conversations with, you know, other people before, you know, Finn was born was Mm -hmm. the, you're not a parent. You can't have this opinion. And it used to just tick me off to no avail. And I'd just go right back at those people and be like, okay, cool. Well, I know you have opinions about journalism. You've never been a journalist. How can you have an opinion about that? Mm -hmm. Oh, you have an opinion about college sports. You never worked in college athletics. How do you have an opinion about that? How Mm -hmm. are you going to tell me I'm wrong when I did? Mm -hmm. I worked in college athletics. So there are just ways to, I guess, combat that. And that's what's funny. And when we're talking about this conversation of not pigeonholing people, it's real easy to get those people twisted on their words just because I can promise you if you go to every person out there you can probably find something that they did or they went through mm-hmm. that you didn't mm-hmm. and if someone tries to tell you hey well you can't have an opinion about this or you can't do this because you don't have this title or you don't have this experience okay great well have you ever made a statement about this mm-hmm. whatever it may be like I said you know I use the journalism because I know how much people rail on journalism in general. Mm-hmm. And the second someone tells me, whether it's parenting or whatever the case may be, that you know I can't have a valid opinion or thought on a certain subject matter, mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and throw the journalism side in their face if I know they haven't ever experienced or done it. Yeah. Um, or even, like I said, working in college athletics. Yeah. Because I can use that argument for just about anyone. Yeah, and and it applies to everyone as as well. I I get what you're saying. Here's the problem that I think happens with putting people in that that box that we're talking about. Right? Is one they're gonna go the the exact route as you more often than not. Get a little defensive and bring up their own points nothing productive comes after that. Absolutely. Right? You've you've turned it off. And the thing about that is if you put people in a box, you're always going to come off narrow-minded, right? You're going to come off a little cynical and you're probably coming off a little guarded. You know, if let's say, let's use your, your parenting example. Great, you know, well, you don't have a, a kid, you don't know what it's like. Okay, well, this is what I would do if I did have a kid. Yeah, yeah but you don't have a kid. That's beside the point. Right. Right, because I think what we lose sight of is there's more than one opinion. We only care about one. We care about our own. That's That's everyone. The real trick is when you open up your understanding into others' opinions. And that's all an opinion is. That's the great thing about advice and opinions. You don't have to take them. Yeah. It's not required. It's not required, but um, you know, when talking about opinions, of course, you want to have some sort of merit to back them up. Mm-hmm. You want to have some sort of statistical basis or some sort of facts to back up what you're yeah. saying too. And that's what I harp on, you know. And I have a lot of people in my life who. And I, let me rephrase that. I don't have a lot, but there are a couple of people in my life. Um, you know, who do 
Mm-hmm. I, I rub the wrong way because I am ultra aggressive. If someone wants to insert a statement about something, but I believe otherwise, or I... Yeah, you stand your ground. I'm going to stand my ground, and I'm going to come but, at you with facts. But, well, but let me clarify that, because knowing you, you stand your ground, you come at them with facts. It, it almost in, implies that you're, like, turbulent. No, you just, you, you fact check, right? Um, some of the best conversations we've had, and, and us with Denver and, and Rachel, have not been in full agreement. Yeah. You know, it's like, actually, if you look... And that's how the group grows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never once seen you jump down someone's throat, so to speak, because they may say, you know, something that you know is slightly off. Maybe whether it's numbers or news is obviously the hottest button because you don't know what's real and fake most of the time. Um, but I've never seen you go, you're a moron. That's wrong. How dare you waste our time with it? No, you're like, well, actually, I looked at this, and it actually says this, this, and this, right? So when you say you come at them with facts, I agree, but I also think that you come at it from the correct standpoint, and that's another part of the problem to me is when people know that someone else is wrong, they can't wait to become superior Yeah, and show them oh, absolutely. how Dare you waste your breath and my and you know in my life you are wrong. I award you no points. May God have mercy on your soul. Well, dude, with us, just speaking for me, you, and even throwing Denver and Rachel into the conversation politically, and without diving into too much detail, just because we don't want to do that on this podcast. But there, there's a lot of things politically that you, myself, Denver, and Rachel don't see eye to eye on. Just last week, we were talking about a couple of those things. Um, and, you know, no love was lost. No, no words were thrown around to insult the other person's intelligence. We're both coming from a place of where we stand our ground, but we're backing that up with facts. And in turn, it just essentially became a stalemate of, okay, well, fine. We have enough facts to support our opinions, yeah. but here's where we agree to disagree. Oh. And well, and you've you've heard the the story how Denver and I became partners over exactly that. You know, we we had a conversation about it was I think religion. He has one viewpoint. I have a, a completely different viewpoint. Right. Well, we had some buddies there, and they couldn't understand why we were talking for about forty five minutes, <laughs> but not. Telling each other that they're wrong, right? Not getting offended. Any, I got to learn more about him. He got to learn more about me. Why I didn't put him in the box? Mm. I didn't hear that first sentence. Well, I believe this, and just stop. And that's what a box does. It stops. Well, what's ironic too about you know when we talk about pigeonholing people and putting them in boxes? Mm-hmm. It's funny that. There are many people out there that will do that, but look at the person who's running the United States right now. Mm-hmm. It's a guy who's not a politician. Mm-hmm. He's a successful businessman, but he's not a politician, and he holds the highest political position in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's part of this entire scope um, and this conversation that we're having is, well, if you eliminate... Whether you agree with him being elected or not, mm-hmm. 
if overwhelmingly, if people start pigeonholing and putting people in boxes, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because if it were done on the on the political level, on the political spectrum, well, Donald Trump would have never made it even out of the the uh, primaries because yeah. they'd have just been like, oh, cool. Well, he's not a politician. See you later. Yeah. But I um, you know, I just. Talking with, you know, you in Denver, how you say the story about how y'all got into a topic of religion, and that's one of the ways that trickled into a business partnership. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned something earlier, and I think it's an important part in all this. If you stop worrying about putting people in those boxes and pigeonholing people to fit a specific definition, you're going to learn from them. Mm-hmm. You're going to grow not just – you're not going to grow as a person from them. You're going to grow with them. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes uh, regarding life is Muhammad Ali when um, he's – and I'm paraphrasing here, but a man who views the world uh, at 40 the same way he did at 20 hasn't mm-hmm. grown as a person. Yeah. And I hold that tried and true just because looking at myself just five years ago Mm -hmm. i was a totally different person 10 years completely different person look at just one year yeah what were you doing this time last year it's nothing like what you're doing now Mm -hmm. what what were you what were your strengths last year what are your strengths now they probably like i i like to say run parallel but now i mean you're back to writing a lot you write for the blogs you know you have this very creative eye that you get to focus on kind of day in day out right um it's it's ever changing mm-hmm. and that's the thing like i could even scale that question down even further what were you doing six months ago what were you doing last month what were you doing last week right when you're willing to either put you or others in the box like you were saying, the growth stops. And with that, the the story stops, so to speak. Right? Um, your story is still being written. My story is still being written. Denver, Rachel, uh, Melissa, Jessica. Right? Finn, Brooklyn. They're all... Why? Because it's not put into the box. In fact... I was going to bring it up uh, earlier. We talked about the the parenting one, the example. Well, you've come to me a couple times like, man, I don't know what's going on with Finn. I hope he doesn't have this or this. And I'll say, well, have you tried this? Full disclosure, I haven't tried it before. Why? (laughs) I don't have a one and a half year old. But hearing from others, it's like, hey, well, what about this? And then you'll either be like, never thought about that. I might give it a try. Or, eh, well, I looked into that and what had happened was. Yeah. Right? But either way, you get to see by opening up your your ears a little bit, you get to see who's actually invested in you for the right reason. Absolutely. You know what I mean? We talk about that a lot with our our team and our, our friendship. More importantly is who's actually got your back, right? Because... It's very, very easy to be a solid friend, loved one, coworker, whatever, when things are good. Mm-hmm. That's a box that everyone wants to be in. 
right? Success. Well, when you don't allow others to be pigeonholed and you don't pigeonhole yourself, you really get to see who is there for the right reasons because the four of us being you, Denver, Rachel, and myself, none of us are alike. We are the the ragtag group, you yeah. know, like we're, we're the misfit toys. <laughs> like, you know, um, you and I are, have no business connecting, you know, working together, being friends. Why? Because your box is different than mine. Uh, Denver and myself, you know, we've talked about this on, uh, do better live sometimes, you know, Denver grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana, you know, family run business. I grew up on a farm in upstate New York. Those Boxes don't ever cross paths unless you're open to being more tolerant about what other people are are saying. Well, one of the things that um, when you and this just kind of dawned on me as as we're talking about this, you know, one of you and I, one of our favorite shows, of course, is Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. which is obviously one of the biggest shows around right now. Yeah. Um, Tyrion Lannister, who's played by Peter Dinklage, Mm -hmm. who. I don't know the politically correct term for it, but, uh, you know, in the show he references the fact he's a dwarf. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things he says in the show in season one, uh, I think it was it was to Jon Snow, and uh, Jon Snow doesn't have a father, so he's referred to as a bastard throughout the entire mm-hmm. series. Well, one of the things he tells him in season one is, you know, don't be afraid, basically, of who you are. Mm-hmm. Wear it like a suit of armor so no one can hurt you. Yeah. So he's kind of coming from a place, well, in, in the show, he's, he's, you know, hated by his father for being a dwarf, mm-hmm. uh, for also killing his mother at birth, at birth. So he wears all these things as a suit of armor, as he says to Jon Snow, because essentially, if someone comes at you, Mm-hmm. With any sort of negativity about who you are, your character, whatever it may be, yeah, own it, wear it, yeah. because then you're untouchable. Yeah, if you can, like for example, with me, um, you know, I guess I'll relate this back to sports. Coming full circle here, you've seen me play sports. Mm-hmm. Our entire basketball team can attest to this. Everything I do is unorthodox. Yeah. It doesn't look pretty. It, by it actually any looks stretch. like it's the first time you've ever stepped <laughs> on a court. Honestly, God, it's not an insult. I mean, your game is just very extremely unorthodox, and that's how it's been throughout my entire life. Whether it be, um, you know, flag football, mm-hmm. basketball, baseball, it's always been that way. Yeah. It's just been an un unorthodox approach, but it works. Yeah. And you know, if you ask. You can attest to this, and most of our team would say this, you know, as far as me on the basketball court, I do my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and that job is to stand in a corner and shoot threes and play defense. Yeah. But, yeah, you, you know, when people, when I step onto a onto any playing field, all they got to do is take a look at me while I'm warming up, and they're like, oh, this guy's nothing. Mm-hmm. But, turns out, get on the court, and, oh, well... He's got a decent shot. How, he can how, actually get the job how done. How did he do that? All right. of a sudden, he's got 14 points. Yeah, no. And as you're saying that, I, I completely think if you were a superhero, your superhero name would be the Anomaly. <laughs> but but I, as we're talking, it's cool because we do these podcasts, one, to hopefully benefit others, but two, it helps us too. And, and as I'm talking, 
I'm realizing, well, that's what kind of takes how you win at marketing and business, but more importantly, marketing. And I'm not going to turn it into a sales pitch or anything, but what is marketing? It's trying to understand others so your product or service appeals to them. You have to get inside their head. You have Well, being someone with a uh, someone who's doing marketing, and even the last four years I worked in sales and did I dabbled in marketing as far as social media goes. Um, but even in journalism, you know, there's one specific question on any personality quiz or anything like that. It'll say, if you were a superhero, what would be your superpower? Mm-hmm. There is one answer that I always will put. What's that? It's not invisibility. It's not strength. It's not being able to fly. Mm-hmm. It's being able to get inside someone's head, being a mind reader, mm-hmm. being able to to think before think for that person essentially, mm-hmm. be able to know what they're thinking before they can even get that thought out there. Yeah. Um, but how does that happen? You have to do tests. You have to talk. You have to open yourself. You have up. to get experience yeah. with it. You have to you have to rip away the labels. Mm-hmm. You have to peel the onion. Yeah, and just allow yourself to talk to people regardless of race, gender, um, you know, status, status, employment, income, whatever yeah. it may be. Just go out there and talk to people and you'll figure out your market eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, with us um, we we work with several different businesses. It's mm-hmm. not like we're Again, pigeonholing ourselves to being the social media marketing company of gyms or doctors. I don't, I don't know that we're ever going to do that because, one, to me, it's just boring. It's not anything I really envision. Um, and, and two, it sounds like, you know, this exclusive club that, quite frankly, I just don't want to be a part of. Well, that, and it's also gimmicky. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's what I... Like gimmicky and and I think in my head like little rascals, like the no no girls allowed stuff yeah. like that little he man tacky, woman haters club that tacky club I don't want to do that and I yeah. think that's what happens and and that's going against the expert advice and I'm saying that using air quotes of a lot of people and I think it's because they only have to figure out one person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. But that's the other thing. They don't have to figure out one person. They have to figure out one industry. But mm-hmm. within that industry, you have so many different subcategories as far as the target market for those mm-hmm. for those specific industries. Yeah. For example, just using the gyms just because I worked in it for four years. You know, the way Anytime Fitness's model works, in most areas, they're targeting those middle-aged moms who don't have time. Mm-hmm. Planet Fitness is targeting the people who never intend to have any, not not intend to have any goals, but it's designed to go after the people who talk about the goals but won't actually put forth the action. It's basically to collect your ten to twenty dollars a month and you never walk back into that mm-hmm. gym. Um, and you can go through all these different gyms and different franchises. You can figure out their target market, but. Again, you can't pigeonhole that because it also depends on the city. It also mm-hmm. depends on the population. There's so many geographical and um, sociological factors. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, um, 
But yeah, I'm with you on that just because, you know, you don't want to paint that box because then you just become strapped to what you can do. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to miss – I don't want people to misunderstand what we're saying. I'm not saying, you know, abandon what you're doing now. I'm not saying – but I'm also not saying just put your head down and stay in your lane. You know, you got to be open to to what's out there, opinion and opportunity. Um, And – I think that gets lost because I think in opinions are intimidating. I think opportunity is even more intimidating. There, I mean, you had an opportunity to come for us, work for us. Well, we're at that point, fairly new marketing company. Uh, you had a, you know, a good job with great people as far as I'm concerned. Um, opportunity had to scare you. You know, eight ways from Sunday. But you jumped on the opportunity, right? Well, it also comes down to... And again, this goes to not pigeonholing yourself because in my last job... And that's job, why I bring it up. Yeah. yeah, in my last job, I mean, I feel like I had almost reached the potential ceiling there as far as my personal goals go. Mm-hmm. Here, well, that ceiling got a little bit bigger. But in turn, that floor also expanded a little bit. You know, I can either take this one of two ways. We can boom it or we can bust it. Mm -hmm. Which, again, yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, this would work for anybody. Yeah. Because not everybody could handle the day-to-day stress of, okay, great. Well, if we don't make money today, Mm -hmm. okay, what happens tomorrow? There's always that little scare factor in the back of you and I's mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, it's, it's downright frightening. Yeah. I mean, you, it's something that never goes away in, in my head. I'm mm. constantly thinking about this stuff. But the opportunity is where the reward lies. Yes. Right? And to me, I spent the first half of my life, 32, 16 is really, I mean, it might be accurate, it, um, was really where I was just like, you know, the hell is fitting in, man? It, it All it's gotten me is... It actually was at my, like, I got, I felt like I was being punished for it. Mm-hmm. And I just find it so poetic that we're talking about boxes and right there is fitting in, like fitting in the box. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. It's, it's going to hold you back and you may not see it right then, but eventually one day you're going to wake up five, 10 years later and you're going to be like, Wow. All that opportunity I had now is no longer there. Well, that's the problem, too, whenever I was making the decision to jump on here. You know, with this being a startup, yeah, it's risky. But at the same time, at the same time, let's say this does boom. Mm -hmm. Let's say in, you know, let's say in two years time, I hit all the benchmarks that I have set out for myself as far as financial wealth, as Mm -hmm. far as. Um, the, the amount of debt I want to be paid off as far as where my wife's at in her career, because I'm in this together with her too. You know, I didn't want to be the guy who in two years time is looking at a friend in you and saying, well, damn it. I missed out on that opportunity just because I wasn't willing to take the risk. That's going to lead me to probably the biggest point I hate. And it just slapped me in the face as you're saying it is the box of 
well, I could do what you do if. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I, I could do what you do if I just had, you know, the time. If I had the money. If I had the resources. If I had, then why didn't you? Yeah. Because let me tell you, you don't ever find more time. I've never once found the 25th hour in the day. Right. You know, well, if I only had money. Man, I've had to feel like I've gotten punched in the gut over and over and over again to the point where, especially early on, and, you know, it it never quite goes away. Yeah. The business can be doing well. The business always needs to be doing better than I am. That's why our name is Do Better. Right? (laughs) So what I mean by that is you can have, you know, all of the accolades and it it doesn't mean, you know, stop looking at the duck above the water and see what his feet are doing under the water. And that's one thing that I, I flat out, I take offense to it. I I take it very personal when someone's like, well, I could do that if... To play the other side of the fence, I think there are legitimate legitimate excuses for why you may not be able to do something. I think it's a case-by-case basis. Um, however, that being said, the biggest thing to play off that point, though, is this applies to the fitness industry big time. And this applies to – you can apply this to life. Stop looking at the pie in the sky yeah. because it's not going to come overnight. You know, I didn't take this job with the expectation to be making six figures by this time. Yeah. Which, you know, full disclosure, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a build out. You know, we talked about that many times. Yeah. You know, when we had our first initial meeting uh, at the wonderful Buffalo Wild Wings watching Monday Night Football, to pretty much seal the deal on this, we just wanted to go over the logistics of everything. Yeah. Um, the, the verbal agreement, essentially. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things we talked about was the fact that this is going to be a build-out. And that's where I think you and I win in a lot of ways is we both understand that. We both don't – I'm not going to say we don't get impatient because yeah. just last week alone, you know, early in the week, we're like, son of a bitch. Like, these two days haven't gone well. But yeah. what happens? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I felt like we won those days. Yeah. Um, as well as you, you know, we, we left last week with a lot better than yeah. what we started with. But that's part of all of this. And, you know, it's, like I said, going back to this, high risk, high reward. Yeah. And if you're putting yourself in that box, yeah. you're not going to get that high reward. Yeah. Well, and, and the patient thing, I also give credit to Denver on that. Because oh, I absolutely. think he's one of the more patient guys I've ever met. But... But yeah, you, and that's all I'm saying is, look, if you're not willing to, you know, step out on the ledge and see what's out there, don't complain and, and don't tell me, well, I could do this if, if yeah. I had. Don't discredit the people who are doing yeah. it. Because it's like, you know, it's, we were joking about it in our uh, basketball league the other day, you know, and I make fun of our, our buddy Dave, playful fun. Dave swears that he could be in the NBA if he was just a foot taller, <laughs> right? You hear that, and that's kind of the comical sense. But I hate, I hate when people say I could do this if I had what you had, whether it be time, money, experience. Because when this all started, there wasn't any. Yeah. Right. Um, 
And more importantly, I hate it because it shows you what that type of person is currently. You just want the results without the work. Exactly. You know, you're you're reading the last page of the book and saying that you thought it was a great novel. Like, no. You know, stop doing spark notes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what I hate is when people sell themselves short. And, yeah. And excuses are exactly that. And, and I do wholeheartedly disagree with you on one thing. You use a phrase that I've never heard before. You said legitimate excuses. Well, there are no legitimate excuses. There's reasons. And I'm nitpicking. Nitpicking the language. But, but hey, we need, you know, I, I like the, the content. Because I hear people try to say, well, I had a good excuse. You either have a good reason. And a reason is something that usually happens once or twice. You know, if, if you're calling me up every day saying that, you know, Finn, your one and a half year old is doing this. So you can't do your job duties today. Okay. I understand. Click. My day goes on. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. Right. Um, but that, that report eventually builds up in your head and you see that. So, and that's the other side of this is, you know, you get what you give too. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I were doing that daily, yeah. which you know, not, <laughs> um, but if I were doing that daily, you know, if I come to you for help with anything, I totally expect you and wouldn't fault you for saying, you know what? Screw off, man. Like I'm not helping you out. You haven't helped me out. So, well, and that's part of, that's part of the, you know, uh, another side of this is you got to come from giving value. Yeah. If you're coming from taking results, it's not going to work. Yeah. It's, it's just not. Yeah. You have to come from giving value. And if you do that, the only box you're going to be in is, is a huge yeah. box. That's your reputation. That's the only box you should care about mm-hmm. is how you're perceived by everyone. Yeah. Not just one box. Right? Um, I like to think that I'm a, a good friend to both you, Denver, Rachel. But... I, you're, you're different than Denver entirely. You're different than Rachel entirely. So how am I giving value to, to you guys? That's something that I try to ask. How I'm willing to listen to three different opinions, minimum, being the three of you on our team, at any time. Yeah. If, hey, Mike, I need you to do this. Okay, this is what I'm seeing. Okay, I like this. Why did you do that? How many times do you write a blog? I said, Mike, I like that. What if we change this? Well, this is why. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, you're right. Well, just earlier today, you know, one of the things we talk about is the fact that I do a lot of the front-end work. You do a lot of the back-end work, meaning mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff you'll see on clients' pages, on our page, that's me. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that they'll see pop up as far as ads go, that's you. Mm-hmm. Um, the graphics, a lot of that, it's Rachel. Um, but you know, you build out an ad, but because, you know, I do have the background in writing. The first thing that you always do is, Mm -hmm. Hey, read this for me. Mm -hmm. Like just earlier today, basically not to say shit on the, the writing you put out there, but I changed a lot of it because, well, I know how to make it sound more Mm -hmm. impactful, more powerful. And it doesn't mean, I mean, look, I've, I've written plenty, right? Right. But... 
if you have someone who is a little bit more comfortable doing something, have that extra set of Absolutely. eyes, right? Um, and what's really cool about it is some of the writing you fixed was actually some of the stuff I pulled off of your blog. Yeah. Which I thought that was cool. Yeah. You're like, let's take this out. Yeah. Well, dude, that was in the blog. We both looked at that at one point before and said that that looked cool. And now we're looking at it again and it's like, well, it's kind of let's, that let's, ever, ev- exactly. ever evolving it's door. It's fluid, right? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's cool how that happens. And that's another thing. The more open-minded you are, you can never close the box with an open mind. Right. You know? And, and that's honestly, like, I know that's very, like, after-school special fortune cookie-like-esque to, it's, to say. It's true. But you, it's true. Think about it. You can never close the box. You can never shut the door with an open mind. Well, you know, talking about the floor and the ceiling, you know, that I was referencing earlier when I took this job. You know, if you pigeonhole yourself, that ceiling's going to have limits. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I'll say I took away from any time when I was working there, the first conference I went on... Um, you know, their CEO, uh, Chuck Runyon, he was given one of his, his speeches and everything. Mm-hmm. And he talked about that. He, he said, you know, if if you put a cap on the ceiling, the second you get that ceiling, you're not going to be able to break out of it. So it's important to figure out and hit those benchmarks because the second you hit a benchmark, you should have another one ready. And if you don't have another one ready, you better figure it out then and there. Otherwise, what's going to happen is... That ceiling then becomes your floor, and that floor is eventually going to bottom out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's important to constantly keep a reminder of, okay, what's the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? Yeah. And the second either of those happen, whether it's the worst or the best, figure out the next worst and best. Yeah. Because you have to keep the needle moving. You have Absolutely. to keep the dial turning, and you have to keep progressing. Mm-hmm. And if you pigeonhole yourself or you put yourself or someone else in that box – it stops. It's never gonna Screeching happen. Hole. So that's a good spot. I wanna I wanna end there. But that's a great point. And and just to kind of I guess recap of some of the things we talked about today. One, when it comes to others, be open to their opinions. And it it's not for any other reason than you don't know the value that you're turning off if you're not willing to listen. Um, also you don't know who you're turning off that could be an opportunity. Right? It's it's the whole, you know, if I want Mike to one day be a client of mine, but he sees how I talk to, you know, Rachel over here, well, he knows who, who I am and what I'm about. He doesn't want any part of that. Right? And the other thing, too, don't, you got to be willing to get a little uncomfortable. That's the, the cliche, right? But get out of your own box. Get out of your own way. Um, grow and be willing to take the opportunity. Because like you said, that's where the biggest reward is, right? Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Feel free to go back listen. Uh, you can follow it on our website, dobettersocialmedia.com. Also be on the lookout for Facebook. Uh, we kind of air these every Monday. As... Overall, I, I like this. You know, we have been talking about marketing for quite some time. It's good to talk a little mindset because I do think that they they coincide. So appreciate everyone watching. Uh, for Michael Hotard, I'm Danny Hillman. Remember, others do social media well. We do better. Thanks for listening.